You are now listening to the Oliver Manley Show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Oliver Manalise, and you are listening to The Oliver Manalise Show. In this show, we get to hear from entrepreneurs, leaders, high performers, and my job is to uncover the actionable insights they've gained in creating power and possibility in their lives. Before we meet our guest, I want to invite you to join my weekly newsletter, Oliver's Picks. Each week, I devour articles, videos, podcasts, books, you name it, and I curate the newsletter so it's filled with the most impactful stuff straight to your inbox. Get a dose of inspiration each Friday. Sign up at olivermanalise.com forward slash picks. As well, I'm an ontological coach and specialize in aligned reinvention for leaders and entrepreneurs. If you know anyone with personal or professional projects that are seeking their growth edge, or maybe that person's you, I'd love the opportunity to connect for a complimentary session. We will go deep and you'll walk away with powerful actions to get to where you say you want to be. Head over to olivermanalise.com for more information. And finally, if you get value from the show, please head over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and write us a review. Your support is appreciated and it helps us spread the word. Today, my guest is Jen Pike. Jen is a holistic nutrition and lifestyle expert. She is also the best-selling author of The Simplicity Project, a simple, no-nonsense approach to losing weight and changing your body forever. Jen is someone who I've known for a few years now, and I've actually just been so inspired by how her journey is unfolding and the tremendous amount of value that she creates for her community. She is the founder of The Simplicity Project and her revolutionary women's health course, The Hormone Project. She is a nationally sought-after nutritionist, yoga educator, and medical exercise specialist on holistic living principles. Host of Simplicity TV, an international speaker, and regularly contributes her holistic expertise to publications, television, and radio shows. You may have seen her in, in Breakfast Television, Global, CTV, CHCH, and Rogers. Jen sits on the advisory board for Strong Fitness Magazine, I Run, The Social Common, and Savvy Mom, and is a national ambassador for the Canadian Cancer Society Stand Against Sugar Campaign. As an inspired mom of two, she understands that true well-being is a journey to be enjoyed, not a struggle to be forced. Jen inspires you to create more simplicity and ease in all you do. In this episode, we dive into the power of asking for support from mentors and how it took her from losing money, being in a ton of debt to multiple six figures in her business in a matter of 18 months. We talk about the costs of overextending yourself and the importance of living in integrity with what you teach. We talk about the importance of resting and recuperating and relaxing and playing. We talk about the importance of finding joy and abundance, abundance and joy that you can't necessarily buy with money. I am literally so excited to be sharing this interview with you. Jen's stories are some that I, I know I can personally relate to, and I'm sure you will too. Let's all give it up for Jen Pike. Okay. So we have Jen Pike. I'm so happy that you've decided to come on the show, and I'm really excited to have you on. You have so much value to share, and you have an, actually a really incredible story. But for the people who are listening, I would love to have them have a little bit of a snapshot of where you're at right now. Where's your, where's your life at? What are you excited about? What's happening? Well, thank you for having me on the show, first of all. Um, yeah, my name's Jen Pike. I'm a holistic lifestyle expert. And for me, uh, my journey's been over 20 years um, in my industry. 
And I started off working with a lot of athletes. My background um, was in personal training and group exercise classes and really living in the, in the gym world. And then owned a yoga and Pilates studio for a couple of years and sold that. And now my whole practice is online. And I spend the majority of my days mentoring women uh, through holistic nutrition, movement, uh, lifestyle principles. For me, I'm really... I am most people's last stop on their journey to get well. Hmm. Uh, I'm not your typical nutritionist where I just make you a meal plan and then send you along your way. I go No cookie cutter? No, no cookie cutter. I go a lot deeper and I often say to people that um, I'm a decoder. So I help women decode the stories that their bodies are trying to communicate with them that they just simply can't understand right now. And so we go below the surface and that's the work that I'm really passionate about. And, um, you know, this year I'm doing a lot of live events and a lot of workshops. I've actually got a, a hormone project tour that I've launched. And my, my moonshot goal this year is to change the quality of the conversations and the questions that we are asking women and that we are having together as women so that we can up level what we know about our bodies and how and how ultimately we can, you know, design the life we're meant to live. You, you have a huge wealth of knowledge. You have so many talents, gifts, and skills, and you, you seem almost omnipresent. So you have, <laughs> <laughs> you're in magazines, you have your videos, you're, you're on television, and you seem like you're very, very productive. I try to be. I mean, that is something that, um, you know, perception is always an interesting thing because uh, there are days where I definitely don't feel productive. I feel like I'm, you know, kind of like that that squirrel mentality if I start one thing and then something else looks pretty over here, so I get pulled over there. Uh, but it's been many, many years of constantly redirecting myself and, you know, pulling myself back in. And I've been able to create a couple of habits and rituals and different patterns in my days and in my life that have helped me to do that. And most definitely, I've learned that there is huge power in who you surround yourself with, almost more than what you surround yourself with. Mm. Um, and so the, the people that I have in my life, they really help to hold me accountable to the things that I say I really want to do. Yeah, I, th I think who we... Who we surround ourselves with, it says so much about us and where we're headed towards the future. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I really want you to talk about the video that you just posted. We talked about it before <laughs> we were recording. Um, I just think it it's it says so much, and I feel like you hit a nerve with that video. Obviously, because you got you got twelve thousand views on it, but it's it's adding to a conversation or kind of tuning into a conversation that I feel like it needs to happen. It's, it's happening inside of our heads, but, and it's also part of the reason why I wanted to have you on. It's like, we see you and from the outside, you're super, you are, you're super powerful and you support people and you're transforming people's lives in so many different ways in so many different areas. And it seems like, you're, you're invincible in a way. <laughs> it seems like, you know, there's a natural tendency for us to, to want to put, uh, put you on a pedestal and, mm -hmm. and, and because we do look at you for support, sometimes mm -hmm. we forget that, wow, okay, Jen's just a, just a human being, but you made a video talking exactly about this thing. So can you share with us about that video and what compelled you to, to, to say what you had to say? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it was actually a week ago today. 
And I, in the morning, one of my routines is I wake up and I write in my five minute journal and I do some breath work and I, I post my first Instagram post of the day on most days. And typically what I post is something that I personally am, am feeling or have been feeling or that was in my mindset and, and I put it out there into the world. And that morning I had put a post out, just this pretty pink little graphic that said, please today don't waste your own personal energy focusing on what other people have or are doing and what you are not. You know, instead work towards the things that you say you want to have create or do. And I, I put it out there and I went about my morning and you know, I'm looking through my phone as I'm getting the kids ready for school and I can see all this interaction. And I was like, wow. And I started to read the comments and, and I was so saddened by the comments because it was people saying how, um, I feel this every day. I, I can't really celebrate the things that show up in my life because, you know, for instance, I'll have made this really great, what I perceive to be beautiful breakfast or dinner or whatever. And then I go on to social media and I see someone else's and I'm like, oh man, theirs is like 10 times better than mine. And now I feel bad about mine. Or, um, you know, I just, whatever it is in their life, whether it's with their body, you know, they could be waking up and feeling good in their clothing or good with their weight. And then they see somebody else post something and they look better than them and it pulls them right back down. And I thought, oh my gosh, like this is not, this is not what I was hoping to have created out of this post. I wanted there to be some, some joy and some ease in it. And instead it, it struck something in people where it made them start to kind of confess all the negative ways that they feel based on what they're seeing on other people's lives in their post. You think it was a much needed kind of conversation for them to finally be able to to admit it because I feel like a lot of people think that and feel that but they don't really want to say it talk about it yeah yeah and it um well you know we live in a bit of a la la land now thanks to (laughs) Facebook and Instagram and that because you really you're seeing this roving picture book this storybook of people's lives but you're seeing mostly what people want you to see um and I even said so I was I got the kids off to school and, and oddly enough this day I'm driving down where I'm paying to produce a video and I am driving I down the road <laughs> and I can't get this out of my head and I can't get it out of my heart. And it, should, it was really bothering me. And so I pulled into a gas station and I had my, my toque on, my winter coat. Like I am, I was not production ready at all. And I, <laughs> I pull over and I just pressed record on my phone. I didn't even do a Facebook live. I just recorded on my phone and I, I just got it off my chest. I had a little bit of a, a rant. I really I wasn't putting a lot of thought into what I was saying. I was just speaking and I, and I posted it and I got back onto the highway and I drove along and halfway through my day, I looked back at my phone. My assistant was like, what did you post? I was like, I I don't know. I think I, oh, I posted a little video and she's like, it's going crazy. All these comments from people. And I've never in all my years of putting things out there in the world on purpose, where I have thought about what I was going to say, I've never had this traction. And yeah, we're sitting at almost 12,000 views and over a hundred shares and the messages that like, it's just been, it's been the most touching, um, thing, but also again, I'm personally left with this feeling of sadness, however, inspired sadness, because, uh, people are really, um, people are really unhappy in life and in their own lives. And they are living in this fallacy of what they perceive to be real 
in these graphics that they're reading and these pictures that they're seeing in people's lives. And it is paralyzing them and preventing them from being able to experience joy in their own lives and be grateful for what's incredible that they have happening because they feel like it never amounts to how good it is for someone else. And, um, yeah, so it, it's been really interesting this last week and I can tell you it will most definitely change the trajectory of how I work with clients, of how I teach my seminars. I actually was teaching a workshop on Saturday to a group of women. And my typical routine is when I'm driving to these events, I'm talking to myself in the car and I'm going over, you know, the main points of what I want to talk about. And I couldn't, the only thing I could think about was this crazy video. (laughs) And so I... I got to this workshop and instead of opening it with, you know, something about the body or the connection doing this, how I normally do, I shared that. And I said, I'm going to be really honest with you driving here. This is what I normally do. But today I I couldn't do that. I couldn't get this video out of my head. And I said, you know, this is actually where simplicity lies is that we don't understand that these feelings that this video created are the root and foundation and underlying cause of every sign and symptom and choice and and should and should not and all of that that we are doing and creating for ourselves. This right here, this is where it begins. And no meal plan and no exercise plan and no supplement (laughs) is going to change that. From the nutritionist. Exactly. Amazing. But, But this is where I'm different and I can't even... I can't even necessarily call myself a nutritionist anymore because I just know that what you choose to feed your body is a result of how you choose to nourish your life in that, oh, that's a you know, deeper converse. That's a, that's a higher level conversation. For yeah. Sure. Because it, you know, we think of our digestion and our nourishment is simply the th- the drinks that we have, the food that we have, but you're digesting all day long. And the things that are the most important that you're digesting are the things you don't even connect to, like the words around you, the energy, what you're viewing on social media, you know, Mm. the the podcast you're listening to, all (laughs) of those things, you are taking all of that on. And that's either feeding you or it's starving you. And there's that simple principle, garbage in, garbage out. Exactly. So your environment, outer environment, inner environment, what you put in your head, what you put in your body, I totally get what you're saying. So what, um, what are you noticing about the way this conversation has been shifting? You said it, it started with this this workshop. What can you tell us today in, in how you view kind of the, the work that you do and how this kind of, kind of remixes it? How are you going to synthesize this into the work that you do? Well, I've, I've long been saying that, you know, we're, our bodies are full. Like we're overfed in many different ways, but we're actually starving. Um. <sighs> And yeah. And so, you know, I don't, I have never spent a lot of time in workshops, nutrition workshops, even talking about salad and quinoa and, you know, uh, grass fed meat and, and this and that. Um, (laughs) I mean, I touch on it, but to me again, that becomes the easy fun stuff. Once you've actually started to connect to why you are having digestive issues, why you have chronic inflammation, why you have hormonal issues, why you don't sleep, why you're holding on to excess weight. And I think that this video and it's, um, you know, the ripple from it has just 
it's, I feel like I'm so grateful because I feel like the universe just really loudly yelled at me like, yes, keep moving in this direction. Like this, I agree. People, people aren't for whatever reason, feeling safe enough or feeling comfortable enough to talk about this. And I think that this is where the needle has to be moved if we really want to create lasting change in people. Because, you know, like the reality is, Oliver, if somebody wants a meal plan, buy a magazine subscription, you'll get a free one every month. (laughs) Right? Like that's the cookie cutter, but that's that's the cookie cutter. That's not where lasting results occur. No, but we've told ourselves a really awesome story that we've convinced ourselves of that if we can't follow our meal plan to a T, that we failed. Mm-hmm. And we believe the solution is in those foods and the timing of the day. And you know what? Like when you get to a certain level in your body, yes, all those things are important and, and we do have to take a closer look at it. But if you're at a place where you are just so unhappy, dissatisfied, full of anxiousness, whatever else it may be, um, and, and you live in a world where your formidable hours are spent comparing your life to someone you don't even know, that, that's a big issue. Yeah. I, this, the theme that I sense from what you're talking about is that it's, there's so much external focus. Oh, it's God. focused on other people. It's focused on food. Mm-hmm. It's focused on a strategy or a plan as opposed to this thing that's happening inside of us of like, do we feel worthy? Do yes. we feel... Uh, do we feel like we deserve to treat ourselves better, to have better people in our lives, like like you were talking about? So it's like, as opposed to just focusing outwards, can we start looking looking inwards at a deeper at a deeper level? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and um, <clears throat> yeah. So it's just, yeah. I'm 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 excited and interested to see where things are going to go. But I will tell you. Um, there also then comes that responsibility, that social responsibility of you know, like how far and how deep do you go? Cause again, I didn't plan that talk. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, at this point, I just feel like intuitively I'm, if I'm inspired to talk about something, I will, but I'm not going to now force it and open up my daytime and be like, Oh, on Thursday, I'm going to talk about. <laughs> well, you, you have come a long way and your your the, the message that you have seems to be evolving as it will continue to evolve. But I, I love the direction that it's going in because it feels like a, a perfect match for what this podcast is about. And it's mm-hmm. it's looking at people who've impacted my life, people who I, I see as influential, powerful people. But looking at th- what are the actual challenges behind the scenes so we can actually ground them in in, in their humanity. Like, wow, my heroes are just humans as well, just like me. And if they can break through their obstacles, I can break through my obstacles as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would love to know how this entire journey started. Cause I know it started years ago. Uh, you know, if we'd been having this conversation probably six or seven years ago, I would have given you like a really studious answer. Um, <laughs> Honestly, uh, but so much has changed about who I am and what I've been exposed to uh, that, you know, my honest answer is I don't know necessarily where it started. I, I, I feel it more than I can explain it. And that may not make sense, but mm-hmm. I just always as a, as an infant, even, and as a child, um, you know, I've always kind of gone to my own you know, the strum of my own beat, um, and never really followed the path. And when I did try to follow the leader, it never felt right. And I always ended up jumping back over to a different lane. And 
you know, as I, as I grew up, I, I've always held down multiple jobs and I really loved just being around people. I, I love people watching. I'm very curious, which is probably why I work with the human body because yeah. it's, we're just so multifaceted, you know, like I always say, I can never get bored in my job because we change you know, every moment, you know, the body you wake up with tomorrow is not the same body you're going to go to sleep with tonight. And there's always so much more to learn. There is. And, you know, I think for me, I was really fortunate early on that I, I had a lot of mentors in my life, um, whether it was as a teacher or a boss that I had that I really just, I, I watched, I paid attention and I listened and I was never, I was, I've always had moments of fear of being afraid of doing things I wasn't ready for, but I always jumped way before I knew the answers. And that's really just how I've moved through life. And, you know, we do it all the time as humans. We just don't recognize that's what we're doing. And for me, I did it a lot in my, in my job and in different positions. But then when I became a mom, I mean, my Lord, becoming a parent is like, there's no book. There are books for that, but you should just burn those books. Um, (laughs) because you talk about launch and learn, like when you are fully responsible for this human being who, who can't actually speak and tell you what they need or what they want. And you are constantly having to listen to your intuition and doing what you hope is right. Um, my first child, my daughter Emerson was born almost 11 years ago. And that was, you know, just, I mean, you talk about kids being your guru, holy cow. They taught you. They taught and continue to teach me in every moment of every day. Because your kids, I mean, I, I at least I didn't bring children into this world who were just like these happy-go-lucky. I mean, we have very happy kids, but they also came in with their own agenda. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just... As they do. Yeah, and it's so fascinating. So for me, I was... Early on in my career, I was always in a management role. And so I was always the leader. I was always, um, you know, a, a director or a manager or an assistant or some form like that. And when I had kids at that time, I was a director of personal trainers. And I just was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, because no offense to all the PTs, cause I've been one, but they're like giant children. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like now I have my own children. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And, uh, and so I took a step back and then being, and then I missed it. I missed it so much, but I couldn't go back to that same schedule or any of that. And so I was out for a run probably when my daughter, well, I'd had my son actually by then Sam, who's eight. And so I don't know, they were, they were little still probably like three and one. And I was out for a run and I kept hearing this voice over and over in my head of just like, I'm craving more simplicity. I'm craving more simplicity. And I was just tired of running after my, my paycheck, but I knew I still wanted to be in an environment where I was, you know, teaching people about their body and inspiring them and educating. And I decided to open up a yoga studio. Um, I felt like if it was yoga that I was around all the time, that that would create more simplicity for me. Cause that, you know, and that having my own business that was close to home would be simpler. That would be easier. And for anybody who's owned their own business knows that um, it is anything but simplicity. 
and easier. Did it when add you, just a lot more complexity? You know what? In the beginning, I was so in love with the vision of it. And um, I was just like, I was head over heels. Like it was like that honeymoon phase that in the beginning, it, I wasn't tired. I was, and I think too, because I had had, my children were less than two and four at the time. And I'd just been so full on mummy mode that I had something new to focus this on. It was a good change. It, like, was, it was a good change. And, it, and so it was good at home. way to focus your energy. Yeah, and so it was good all around until until it wasn't. Um, so tell me about when it wasn't. So you were talking about uh, before before we started recording when you found yourself at the seat of the teacher. Yeah, and you were and you were preaching lessons, but there was something else happening behind the scenes and, and how you were feeling and what you were thinking about yourself, see yourself in your life. Right. So the first three months flew by and were really easy. I and and I was teaching um, twenty classes a week. And is, that like, is that like all of them? That's uh, pretty much. <laughs> Almost. That's it was a lot. Crazy. Um, plus, it wasn't just a studio. It was, uh, you know, we, we had practitioners there and I had a boutique and there was a lot going on. Anyways, I, the first three months was like the honeymoon phase. And so I was just running on pure adrenaline and excitement. And, um, and then I could start to feel myself um, crashing. And I could, and I was also, you know, it was lots of things. I wasn't... I wasn't making the money that I thought I was going to, right? When you go into a business, I was like, oh, if so-and-so is paying this much a month and I'm multiplying based on the heads in the room and then you don't recognize, right, but we do this promotion that's really cheap to get them in the door. And then if that many people don't show up and, and anyways, I, I just wasn't earning the income that was matching the energy I was putting into the business. And I had staff I was paying at the time I, I moved towards energy exchange where they did it in exchange for a membership, but I didn't have that in the beginning. And, um, I was really tired and my accountant had called me one day and said, I just want you to know, like you're bleeding out. You have paid your, uh, office manager X, Y, and Z, but the business owes you X, Y, and Z. And it was like twice as much as I had paid out. And I was just like, wow. Oh, Okay. And, and so I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. This is your first business. You have never had a business before this and had all these responsibilities. Right. Right. I had just been the person I had been the top level for the people who I didn't understand. Right. I never, I never signed the checks. I just helped to generate the revenue. So in my head, I was like, I know how to generate revenue. No problem. I can run a business piece of cake. But I didn't understand, you know, when you have overhead and you have staff and when people call in sick and when somebody forgets their key and like, it's you, it's all That's you. you. And so I started to get to the point where- That's your third child. Oh my gosh. So much. So, and again, and it, it is right. It's like the planning is like the pregnancy. Like you're, it's this, you're so excited and you have all these ideas and they're going to fit into your life and all this and that. And then the baby's born and the business opens and the business doesn't speak English yet. And it just cries and keeps you up wow. at night. <laughs> and it doesn't math. No, and it doesn't math. And, um, I, I, uh, I got started to get to the point where I was going in to teach classes and I was falling apart behind the scenes and I'm going in to teach these classes and I'm sitting at the front of the room and on the inside, I am just so stressed and I'm scared and I'm exhausted and I, and I'm kind of dying a little bit on the inside and I'm sitting at the front of these, these classes saying to my students, don't sweat the small stuff, you know, be present, be grateful for the things you have. Don't, and all, and the voice in my head, all I can hear is you're so full of shit. Like you are so full of shit. You don't even believe the things you are saying. And I, and I kept this up for months until. And so how did that, how did that feel like? 
to so inauthentic to, to be, and heavy. Yeah. It felt heavy. It felt uh, exhausting. Um, I started to get really resentful. Um, resentful to the business or everything myself my husband i had no patience for anybody at home and and that's the hard part is when you're when that's happening at work god forbid i didn't let my members or my staff see me be like that because i had to hold it all together so then when i got home my family got the leftover crap and i didn't have any patience and i you know my poor husband you know at the time it was like if there was like some dishes left on the counter or he was laying down having a nap i would just lose it and not because i was mad that he was resting. It's just because I so desperately wanted to rest myself, but I couldn't even bear to give myself permission to do that because I interpreted that as being lazy. Did you ask for help from anybody? Did Never. you have family, nope. friends? Men, I wouldn't, like... I didn't tell anybody what was going on for the longest time because, Why you... ev- because everybody had me up on that pedestal and, 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 wow. you know, everyone was, you're doing so amazing. It all looks, it all looks like it's going so well. The studio's full because we are full. We are busy. So they must be making money, right? Exactly. And that's what everybody's saying. You, you must be rolling in it. You're going to have to open up a bigger one soon because our classes were People full. People have no idea. People had no idea. They had no idea. And, um, and I didn't, and I didn't want to let them know what was going on. Um, until so how long did that stretch for? Like, like you were you were maintaining a facade for a while. It was probably that kind of energy I just described for a solid six months. And, and did, then, you, did it did it leak out in other areas? Like, did you find yourself less organized, less on top of things? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was did busy. you did you do your own yoga practice? Were you working out? Were you eating? No. No, my, my yoga practice was teaching. Um, I didn't have time, right? Because if I wasn't at the studio, I, I had little, I had small kids when I came home, like it was, and then it was, I, I still have to be a good mom. I still have to be a good wife. I still have to keep my house clean. I still have to, I mean, I think back to the conversations, um, that I would have with my homeopath at the time, my chiropractor and that who, you know, became incredible friends, but it was my bout, my struggle was always, I, I don't feel like I'm ever doing good enough in any one of these areas. And so I would just spread myself all over everything. And, and so I'd, I'd be doing a little bit. Okay. Here, a little bit. Okay. Here, a little bit. Okay. Here. But when I got in front of that classroom, I had to shine as bright as I possibly could because I had to maintain all those people showing up. There's no way I could let them see how tired I was. So I have a question. Even though you weren't uh, in full integrity and, and authenticity in those moments, did you still have those those students experience you as, as powerful and impactful and and like to the point where they were still transforming their lives and their experience of themselves? A hundred percent. Because as soon as I stepped on that mat, it's almost like I, you know, I slid into that persona. I'm, I'm a taskmaster. So if yeah. something is expected of me, I, and I, and I loved it. And as soon as I would start to move my body in teaching, I, it was very cathartic for me. Like it, okay. um, it, it helped to ground me. So teaching in the moment of the class, that was like, I loved it. It's, it's probably the only thing that kept me. Um, like a positive escape in a way. Absolutely. So the, the hard part was walking through the door. And I, and I used to get to the point and I would tell my students when, who they were, they were doing my teacher training with me where I had to stop being in the actual studio for too long before the class started because you start to take on the energy of all of your students. And I just didn't have 
enough energy to be able to take on anybody else's stuff that they walked in the door with until I was ready to move. And I could then, if I moved my own body, I freed up space so that then I could take on their energy, but I couldn't just sit in the space and talk to them before class. I had to go in and just start to teach and do my thing. So what, what I find really interesting, I, I would love your thoughts on it is here you were. So, you, so there's a, there's a part of you that gets, gets to move and you feel grounded and it's like you walk through the doors and you can, you can actually finally feel like, ha, ah, like a sense of ease in a way. But at the same time, at the same time, it's like, maybe you're at like half capacity of who you could be. Mm-hmm. And then you're still supporting people to transform their lives. Like you're still performing and mm-hmm. blowing people's minds mm-hmm. and you're only like a fraction of who you were. Do you feel like uh, people who walk around and, and do those things and get away with operating as a fraction of who they are, does it, does it kind of perpetuate itself? Like, does it? Oh yeah. Because it's like, well, if, if I'm, you know, at the time when you're in it, I think it's like, well, I can maintain this. Like I look how I can still do, look how well I'm doing. Yeah, even though yeah. In spite now when, I mean, we can talk about later what it feels like when you pull yourself out of that. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I held that up until one day I actually, I just couldn't get up and I, and I made physically. myself get up physically and I made myself get up and I, and I took the kids to daycare and I went in to teach a 915 class and I felt like I was in a fishbowl. Like I was, I was there, but I was not there. And I just, um, halfway through the class, like I actually dissociated? completely, completely. I was like hearing an echo in my own head. It's like I was, I was standing outside my mat watching me and, uh, halfway through my class, wow. I had to stop it. And I just looked at the ladies and I was just, and I was like on the brink of tears. And I just said, I don't think I'm feeling well. I'm really sorry. I've never done this before, but I have to end the class right now. And they were like, oh my gosh, no problem. And, and, and I didn't go to get the kids from daycare. I just went home and I, and I laid on the couch and I woke up like five hours later and I spent the next four days on the couch, um, bawling, fever, body aches, chills. I couldn't, I didn't eat. I couldn't get up. I didn't do anything other than, um, create deeper ass grooves in the couch. I, (laughs) I just, and my little two-year-old and four-year-old were bringing me cloths to put on me and trying to take care of me. And my husband who I've been with, um, for 21 years, I just remember him on the fourth day getting down, on, on his knees in front of me at the couch. And he was just like, Jen, I don't know what to do. Like, I've never, you're always one that takes care of us. I've never seen this before. Like what, what, what do I need to do? Like he was just at a loss and I'm sitting there at a loss and we have these little kids and I'm just like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? And so I asked him to bring me the phone and I sat up and I just started to call every mentor or person I knew that was doing something that I needed to know how they got from where I was right then and there to where they were at that moment. Hold on a second. So first I just want to point out, it sounds like that was the first authentic choice that you made. Oh yeah. When you said, okay, we're halfway through the class. I've never done this, but we need to stop. Like it's like you didn't push yourself through it. And it's like six months of doing that. It just came to a head. And finally you're like, okay, I'm going to lie down. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I did lie down, my body was like, uh, thank Crashed. you. We're thanks for checking in. We're going to keep you here now for a while. Cause we have a whole lot of work to do. And um, physically ill. 
and physically ill. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Did you like meditate? Did you read? Did you no. did you do anything, I or was it like just feeling and experiencing? I couldn't do anything. I I didn't even watch TV. Like I literally was just by myself. On the, my my husband would take the kids to daycare in the morning for him. My mom came and helped. Um, I I literally. I didn't know what was going on with me because I've never been, I've never been truly sick or ill in my life, like ever. Yeah, um, not like that at least. No. I mean, yeah, I was incapacitated. Like it was, and just an emotional wreck too. Like I, nobody could say anything to me without me bursting into tears. And I was like, what is happening here? And it was the first time as well. Like I had to ask my staff to step up. I mean, you imagine I'm teaching 20 classes a week. I'm sick for four days. That's a lot of classes. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and so, so you're, so you're okay. And, and you're finally asking for help. Like yes. we were talking about. And, so and the first phone call that I make is to, um, my yoga teacher that I, that I really developed a strong passion of yoga with and for. And I called her and I said, you got to help me. Like, this is where I'm at. I just, I feel like I'm going nowhere really fast. And, um, you know, like, what did you do, you know, with the student and all that? And she was just like, sweetie, you're just going to have to get used to earning, you know, X, Y, and Z a month. And I was like, pardon? And, and what the number she said did not align with what I felt my value or my worth or what it should be. And I, and I remember oh, I, what you needed or what I need. Yeah. I had more month at the end of the money, right? Like it just, I was running out fast. I even, so let me take it a step back. <laughs> Leading it bef- the day before I couldn't get up. Um, I went to go to the bank and take $20 out and I, I didn't even have enough money. And when I say not enough money, I will tell you at the time I had a reverse checking account that was for minus $25,000. So I had minus $24,982 in my account. I didn't oh. even have. So that's how, that's how in debt I was to this business. And that next day is when I couldn't get up. Like that was the thing that 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 broke it all. Um, Did you feel like that was uh, like a you bottomed out? Oh yeah, I was like I failed. I I failed, and that was probably one of the first times in my life where I felt like I had failed because I'd always done pretty well at everything, even the things I didn't know how to do. I always figured out a way and like effortlessly, not yeah. having to study or or no, I was a crammer. So the, oh, I, you're a crammer. Okay. Yeah, I was a crammer. I'm a I'm a procrastinator even still to this day for stuff and it 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 drives me you crazy. You and me both. <laughs> but I was a crammer. Um, so you, I, so you finally felt like okay this is like this this needs to stop. Did you get that feeling or? Yeah, and but I knew it needed to stop. I just I uh, I I had no idea how. I was I was scared. I was scared, and I didn't tell Chris. I didn't tell my husband um, when I couldn't get money out of the bank because I. I took on so much responsibility um, and I knew that I knew he knew that things were not going great because obviously he's seeing the, the bank account and at the time all I could pay for was daycare. So I was paying for someone else to look after my children while I was running my business and essentially making the money. So what was the, like, what was the moment of truth for you? Like, did you, was there a moment of clarity? Did you have an When my teacher told me that I just needed to accept I was only ever going to make X, Y, and Z a month. I so that was like the punch in the gut in a that way. That was like hell freaking no. I sat up so tall on that couch 
And all of a sudden, everything in me woke up. And I was just like, nope, thank you for the phone call. Click. And I called the next person. Like, this that is, is not an option? That is not an option. And I called and called and called. And I called until I got to about the fifth person who was my um, – I actually wrote about him, um, Jack Doak, in my, my book, uh, who was – the owner of gyms that I had worked for and I had always just sat back in his office and we always had these great conversations. And I really just, I paid attention to what he said, but more so what he did. And, um, and what was that? He just, you know, he wasn't necessarily the most, uh, well-liked man in the community because he always put the, he knew where the businesses were going. And sometimes it meant that you didn't necessarily make the most socially popular choice. And, um, but he was brilliant and has continued to go on and build these incredible businesses and has been on Dragon's Den and all this stuff. And, and he, and I was just fascinated by how his brain worked. And when I called him, he was just like, are you ready to draw the sand, the line of the sand? And I was like, oh, I'm already on the other side. You're the fifth person I've called. Like I, line has been drawn. And he was like, so what are you going to do? Like, you know what to do. You need to sit down and look at, you're looking at this as one building. It's not, where's your other profit streams? And he just like, and I didn't even have to write anything down. He said, I just, as soon as he was speaking, I was then, I had the clarity to start to catalog and almost create this like flow chart in my head where I could see, all right, pull up your big girl panties. This is got to do. Yeah. And things changed in a big way from, from then on. Um, I dropped four classes right away, which may not sound like a lot, but um, to go from 20 classes to 16 felt like a new lease on my body. Mm-hmm. And and things just started to change. And we, uh, I went from that first year being minus $25,000 um, in debt in the business to 18 months later having built a multiple six-figure yoga studio. Jeez. Um, and it was... It was those conversations, but then I started to change who I was spending time with. And I actually started to let certain people in that at the time had been reaching out, but I, I looked at them as being better than who I was or where I was. And I was afraid to be vulnerable enough to let them know how crappy I was doing. So there's some major things here. Mm -hmm. It, it, It turned around when you finally, uh, you drew that line in the sand, you asked for support, you asked for your team members to step up. Like, what, what, like looking back now, what else can you pull from that? Like how else do you connect those dots? Well, right around um, that time, a friend of mine asked if I wanted to go to the Unleash Your Power Within live event with Tony Robbins. Yeah. And um, and that and I was like, I'm freaking broke. Like I really shouldn't do this. And um, my husband was like, yes, you should. And I want to go too. <laughs> and so it was the first time we left our kids. And so we went. And it was great and it was amazing. And when I was there, I ended up signing up for his business mastery course that was going to be in Vegas um, X amount of months down the road. And I signed up with a girlfriend of mine, a colleague. And like literally, I think it was less than a week before we were supposed to head out. She called me and was like, I can't go. And I was like, what? And she was like, I can't go. I've got too much on the go. I'm just too overwhelmed right now. I can't go. And I was like, okay, well then I guess I'm not going to go. And she was like, no, you have to go. And I was like, I'm not going by myself. And my husband was like, you have to go. So I went and, um, the first, like, you know, you're in this big room of people and the first day we get put into this, this small group and you have to, the first activity you have to do is like share who you are, what your business is and what your gross revenue and income are. 
And I am crapping my pants because I'm like, oh my God, I'm not at the point yet where I've built the successful business. I'm just starting to crawl out of the hole. Like you don't and know it or you didn't want to talk I don't, about it? I don't want to admit it. So I'm, yeah. I'm the last person in the circle and everybody's going around and like, oh, we, you know, we're at uh, 2 million. Oh, we're at, uh, you know, oh, we're wow. on site 22 million. All, I'm in, so in my group, okay, to lay things out, I am with uh, Mark Burnett, who's the producer of Survivor Series, his um, ex-wife, who's an author. She's in my group. I'm with oh, this my... luxury yacht cruising line owner. I am with um, an actress, um, a husband and, and wife actor from the TV series Jag. Um, I'm with uh, this real estate tycoon from Utah. I'm I'm with all these, and then there's me, this little yoga studio <laughs> owner, and I'm like, oh my god. Were you intimidated? So intimidated, so intimidated, Man. and so I hear myself say what my you know revenue is, and I can, and it's probably my own energy, but I could feel everyone else's energy come on, like oh my gosh, and all I could hear in my own head is what is this girl doing in this room. And I, so I go throughout this and we get to the last day and it was great. And it, and you know, I'm really glad I did it. We get to the last day and there's a dinner that we go out to at night and we're sitting around the table and all these people I'm sitting with are nonstop bitching about their career, about their spouse, about this person. Like it was just a bitch fest and I'm just sitting there and I really didn't have anything to contribute to the conversation because I really, not only do I love my husband, but I like him. That's interesting. Um, at a Tony Robbins event, right? People are bitching. And at this point, I I couldn't bitch about my my career because I was just so darn grateful that I still had the space. And um and I sat back and it got to the point where everyone was paying their bills and they're all slapping down their like black cards, their platinums, or this and that. And I have my like Scotia Scene movie reward card <laughs> <laughs> that I could have put on the table to pay mine. And I just remember sitting there going. <laughs> I, I just redefined what the word abundance means for me because all these people had all this money and had, from what the sounds of it at the table was very little joy, no love, no true happiness. I had very little money, but I had the things that were so abundant in my life that you can't buy with money. That I love that. So it, it really contrasted the truth about your experience, which is, okay, I, I might not have the same money as these people, but I have joy and gratitude for what I do have. And all mm-hmm. these people are bitching, moaning, complaining in this amazing place in this amazing uh, retreat with Tony Robbins. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, so, you know, that was just another, another part in it as well too, where I just, I just started to let one foot move in front of the other. And I, I just explored with stuff in the business um, and it, and it went really well. And I ended up attracting in just the most incredible group of instructors and members. And it was honestly, I would open the door to that studio and it it was just, it was home. It just became, um, it was such a loving community and, and space. And then, then I got to the point where I knew I needed to move on and I ended up selling it. And how did you know that it was time to move on? Uh, I had created what I had hoped to create and it was really flourishing. And I knew at that point that that meant that I had the freedom to now create something else. Cause I was starting to get bored, not bored of the people, not bored of teaching. I just, I, I had accomplished it. I had created what mm-hmm. I wanted to, and now I was ready to do more. And I, I recognized that I wanted to be able to teach more than, you know, 40 people at a time. I wanted to have a louder microphone. I wanted to, um, 
you know, in, in order to get out to the masses, I needed yeah, it was time to reinvent. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew probably for about a year before I sold the studio. Um, at first when I knew, uh, my closest friends would say to me, you know, I, you need to sell. And I got really defensive cause it was my baby and I had worked so hard. Um, and you overcame so much to yeah. finally get to the point where you're, you're feeling, joy and, and happiness and gratitude and feeling like home. Yeah. And I really, and I just, and I deeply loved the people in the studio and I, and I felt a real huge sense of responsibility. So I interviewed six people before I sold it because I just, I needed to make sure they were going to be taken care of. Um, and in the end, um, the person who sold the studio closed it a year to the day after. Um, and it was really hard for everybody involved. And I, in that whole lesson, I learned that, I couldn't have possibly taken care of them without having stayed in the role of owning the studio. And mm. if I had let myself do that for the sake of everybody else, I would have hurt myself in the process. Um, and so I was, when I, when I sold the studio, I stayed teaching for a while um, because I really just, I wanted to stay connected to the space, but I could only do that for so long. And then I had to pull myself out completely. And I didn't, realize how tired I was. So I became a bit of a recluse for the year after. And what do you mean? Um, I just worked on building my business online. I, um, read a lot. I stayed home. I didn't, I, I really introverted myself. Again, I didn't realize how tired I was from those five and a half years of, of teaching and being so accessible and, and, and doing all of that. I had no idea how exhausted I was. And so giving for giving and giving and giving, and you were being for others for such a long time. And yeah. And you're receiving too, right. As a teacher, like you're, you're giving your own energy, but you're also, you're taking on everybody else's stuff as well too. Um, and trying to do it in a way where you're filtering. Um, so again, it was that owning simplicity was one of the greatest gifts of my life. Um, I'm so happy that I did that, but I needed so much time to recuperate after. Um, I really honestly feel like just in the last couple of months, I'm starting to, that I really feel like I've got my, my mojo back. Like you're on the other side of that recovery period. Yeah. Wow. What, what, what did that entail? What did, uh, the recovery and recuperation period entail for you? Um, did you travel? Did you spend time with people? Did you take time off? Did you? Yeah, I took like, a lot of time. I said no. 2016, <laughs> came, 2016 yeah. was the year of no. Um, the year of no. Yeah, it was the year of no so that I could just finally start to say yes to the things that, that needed my attention, which, you know, I I changed the dynamics of how I, you know, showed up in my family and with my kids. And I stopped being out teaching in the evenings and I was here and they, it was funny because I, and I knew I had made the right choice when they would start to say to me, like, so mommy, you're here all the time now (laughs) (laughs) compared to before. That's amazing. Um, you know, but I, I read a lot. I, I, I worked out, um, a lot in a different way. I actually ended up, um, training and competing in two fitness competitions, which was the total antithesis of yoga. Amazing. And I just needed to, I needed to find a different sense of strength and, and, and purpose without 
doing what I've always done, which was plowing full steam ahead in business, because that was always my go-to. I knew I was good at it. And so I would always overbook myself and overdo. And to everybody else in the outside world, it looked like I was still doing that because I was still posting daily. And in that time period, I hired staff. Um, you know, we started to automate a lot of our business. So we were scheduling things out. But to everybody who was just scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, to them, I just lived on my phone. And they didn't see this rest that I was talking about because all they could yeah. see is everything I was still producing and creating. What uh, were some of the biggest things you said no to during that year of no? Uh, I said no to any in-person clients. So and then that was that was a reinvention to go to move. I mean, you went from like a physical space, people come to you, and you got yep. you got rent to pay and electricity and all that stuff to getting everybody online yeah and um yeah so i did that i also i just i said no to a lot of a ton of social events um i said no to weekends away to dinners i just and not that i didn't want to spend time with these people i really really did but i just knew myself that when i started to say yes too many times over it became a really slippery slope where then i just Mm. yesed all over myself so what were the big yeses that your nose made room for? Moving the business fully online. Yeah. Um, starting to create some really amazing content to put out there to support the teaching. So it wasn't always just my voice that existed, that I actually had. Mm-hmm. Um, it allowed me to write another book. And um, Huge. Yeah, and it just... it. it I, I had so much time to daydream. I did a lot of walking. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. It was great. I, and I even actually this year, I really didn't start getting back into my business until the end of January. I took five weeks off from December through until the last week of January. It sounds like you're you're completely different than the person that you were when you were in that six month lull oh. in your in your first business. You know what it is when you, when you have those moments in your life where you feel, um, so lost and out of control. And for me, I just felt so at a sync with the person that I thought I Mm -hmm. was and that I knew it's such an uncomfortable feeling that once you have felt it or you know it, you can never unknow or unremember that feeling. And so when I would start to feel myself going back that way, it was this immediate, like a visceral reaction of like, no, and redirect. And so, you know, I said this in the video last week is that this has been 20 years of constant in the making redirection because now, um, I can only do so many live events or so many high energy output things a couple of times in a row. And then I need three or four days to recover. I never used to be like that. I would just go until I lost my voice or until my body burned out. And Mm. now my body raises its hand much faster and just says, pay attention. And I do. (laughs) So what would you say for the people listening that are some of the biggest insights that allowed you to break through and continue to reinvent to get to the place where you are now? I mean, you're giving yourself, I mean, you have that self-worth to be able to say, I'm taking five weeks off and you have that sort of self-worth to be able to say, I'm only ta- I'm not taking any in-person clients. I'm saying no to these events and things like that. Like you're actually 
taking a stand and setting powerful boundaries for yourself. Whereas before, some of that was non-existent. That was only like a, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So what would you say are some of the biggest things that you could say about uh, about your journey so far? Well, I would say that um, even in those moments where I decided to take five weeks, I said no. There's still fear that's in there. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that in those five weeks, I still had that thought in my head of, um, "Am I, I'm not going to make enough money over these five weeks? I, should I maybe go back sooner? Do I need, to, you know, that that scarcity mentality? Will will I still be relevant if I take the? Is it safe for me to do this? Um, and but the, then this stronger voice that has been building its strength over these years just comes through and is like, Jen, just calm down. Like there's no rush. Like you don't, there's no race. You, you need this, you know, you do, and, and you'll come out better on the other side. And then it's also who the books I read now are, are different. The people that I um, have conversations with and I spend time with, you know, it, it really is so true if that you spend your time with people who are either where you used to be at. And so they're, they're just reflecting all the, the feelings that you used to have. Yeah. Um, and you kind of start to get pulled back there or you are only spending time with people who are exactly where you are. There's no you're all kind of treading. And so <laughs> I just, you know, I have a, a really eclectic, great group of friends and family and, and colleagues in that now where I've got a little bit of both, but I always try and, you know, kind of top level up with people who it doesn't mean they're generating a ton of revenue, but they're just maybe having conversations that I'm really drawn to that are really helping me continue this development of who I am. Cause it's never going yeah. to end, you know, like I do not have everything figured out. I don't. And I think that why I feel better now is that I can freely and openly say that at any time is that I don't have my shit all figured out. And I'm glad I don't because everything I learn in this process of unraveling myself, of getting tired, of feeling overwhelmed, it all helps me to then build up to that place where I get to be very proud and create content that I love. Um, and if I never allowed myself to be in those moments of self-doubt, of, of wondering, of being in rooms with people where I'm like, you know, I just had this happen in January. I signed myself up for this mastermind group. I went down on my own. I got into this space and we were told going into the weekend that we were going to have to do this 126 talk, this 120 second, six, uh, second six second talk on stage. And for me, it was one of the things I was most excited about because I love to speak mm-hmm. and I got there and then I started to meet the people I was in the room with. And then there goes that voice in my head again. Who am I to be in this room? Who am I to stand on that stage? Am I, is my message good enough? Can I do this? And the first day that they started to call people up, I was sitting in my chair and I was literally like, how do I become the chair right now? So no one can see me. Like I can't go on that stage. So, and the, I, so the fear is still there. Oh, the fear is still there. The, the fear is always there. The difference now is that I know that I'm always going to land. I may not always land on my feet, but I'm always going to land. And mm-hmm. in the process of jumping when I'm not ready to landing wherever it is, the stuff I learn in between those two places, you can't buy that. Like It is so, it's hard won. It is earned. Oh man, it is, it is. And it's the most, like, I didn't get up on stage that first day. I, I, I couldn't actually do it. And they had a dinner that night and this lady sat down next to me and she said to me, 
so what, what are you hoping to get the most out of this weekend and this year? Like, what's your, you know, your big goal? And I said, well, you know, I'm really hoping to have more exposure to speak on different stages. And I heard myself say it out loud. And then I started to laugh. And she was like, why are you laughing? I said, I heard what I just said, but I couldn't get myself on that stage for less than two minutes today. What, what is my problem? And she pushed away from the table and she like slammed her cutlery down and she was like, oh, oh no, sweetie, that is it. Tomorrow you are getting up on that stage. And if I don't see you up on that stage, I'm going to out you and pull you up on that stage. And I That's was like, accountability. Yeah. And so, so I did it shaking like a leaf. Um, I did it, but yeah, that is, you know, I love that mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're on TV, you're speaking, you're on video, like you have a book, like you've done, you've done so many different things and still that shows up. Yeah. Because, so I really appreciate yeah. you, you, you being so honest about that. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, you know, we were talking about this before coming onto the show, you know, I put things out there in the world sometimes and people come back with and say, Oh, you're so real. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I just am who I am. And I, and I hope that you're being who you are. Like, why, why do we have to be anything other? Like it's, you know, I think for me, there's been a lot of times where people have made a lot of assumptions about me and in my life that I don't ever have struggles, that there's nothing bad that, that ever happens, that I'm invincible. And it is just so, you know, not true. But I, I also... But you are, you're resourceful. You're yeah. resourceful, you're creative, you're powerful, and... You, you show up regardless of the situation. You've, you've, you have found your way out of challenging situations and, and come out on top. And that's where the, the hard one, the, the well-earned um, you know, success comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I, that's what I commend you for. And that's what I acknowledge you for. Because not everyone is going to, to approach those, those breakdowns or obstacles in the same way. Some of us would just would, would feel that defeat and then just stay in that, stay in that defeat. Yeah. It, yeah, I've had moments there, but it's too uncomfortable. I just, I have to, you know, again, and I think it's because of the the connection I have to my own body and the human body and that, that, that feeling, that sensation, it's just not one I'm interested in. Yeah. So, um, I want to be respectful and mindful of your time, but I just want to, I want to acknowledge you for being so honest and so vulnerable and being open to do this conversation. Cause I, I'm, I hope that there's a, there's a side of you here that some people who are fans of you have not seen before. And, and for people who have never met you or don't know who you are, that they've, they've been touched and they've been moved and uh, that there's aspects of your, your story that resonates with them as it did me. I was getting, I didn't say it, but I was getting chills and, and, and vibrations throughout my body throughout the whole conversation. Um, but before we go, what can we look out for? What's your next, what's your next growth edge? Um, I'm really proud of the hormone project, which is the tour that I'm running and the 10 week, um, course that I'm teaching online. So cool. Yeah, we've got, if they go to genpike.com, they can see all the different events. Uh, we've got Toronto dates that are coming up and all throughout York region and the online course obviously runs online. And then I have my signature program that I teach every year, the Simplicity Project, which is a six-week course that brings my book to life and really takes you through. Yeah, it takes you through a journey of your body from head to toe. And then we meet in person. I run a full day. um, 
a full day uh, immersion, if you will, called Ignite Your Life um, in June. And I and I handpick vendors and companies and keynote speakers and that that come in that just really resonate with the core messages um, throughout the book. So yeah, that's that's what I'm excited about right now. That's that's going on is just having you know more open dialogue like this. Yeah, and I, I'm so I'm so happy for you and so proud of what you're creating and you're impacting so many people and just literally just watching your journey and also getting this inside look today uh, inspires me even more because it's like wow this is where you have come from and and now I can see it, it it almost makes so much more sense like a lot of the stuff that you are talking about that you're creating with your hormone project with the simplicity project um, yeah it just makes so much more sense. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for asking me to come on the show. And, you know, likewise to you, I'm so excited for you and, and proud of you for taking this leap and, uh, and putting yourself out there in this space. So it's, um, it's amazing. Oh, thank you. And, and what, what's a, the great place for people to stalk you online? <laughs> <laughs> um, social wise, Instagram is probably the best space, um, which is just Jen Pike or Facebook. And then, that's double N, right? Yes. Yeah. J-E-N-N-P-I-K-E. And then our website, www.jenpike.com for everything we have going on. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. I would love to have you on again. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's Oliver. Before you take off, just wanted to invite you to my weekly newsletter called Oliver's Picks. This is my weekly recommendations for what I find educational, empowering, entertaining, and engaging. So if you're interested in a dose of goodness, inspiration, tools for growth, uh, different things like that, head on over to olivermanalise.com slash picks. As well, if you haven't already, I would really appreciate you heading on over to iTunes, giving us a five-star rating and writing a review for us. That would mean the world to me. That would support the show in helping us grow and getting the conversation out there. As well, if you're looking for the show notes for each episode and all episodes, you can find them at olivermanalise.com slash show. If there's any feedback or comments or questions that you have for me, I would love to hear from you at podcast at olivermanalise.com. And that is all. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk again soon.